Anything when it is pure, it is unadulterated in any way, then its complete and true value is realized. When something is a mixture, then the real value is neither realized nor is that appreciated fully because it's not pure. We also keep looking for everything that is pure. Somebody is buying something, he wants to make sure it's pure. He's buying gold, he's even more careful because gold is pure. It's not mixed up with something. So when that gold is pure, then it will have its full price, full value. And if that gold is mixed up with something else, some alloy, something which is some other metal, and according to how much of mixture there would be in it, to that extent it will drop the value of the gold. Gold is still there, but it won't realize the same value, it's mixed now. But that gold, in order to bring it to that state of purity, to remove all the mixtures that would come in from the time it is mined. Because when gold is mined, it doesn't come gold. There's a lot of rock that comes with it. A lot of other dirt and whatever else will come with it. So then it needs to be purified because we want to get the full value. So in order to get the full value, it needs to be purified needs to be cleaned out of all the mixtures, all the things that have got into it. So depending on how valuable something is, to purify it, sometimes the process is accordingly so intense. Gold is something very valuable. The purification process of it is also very intense. There's a huge furnace through which it is passed through. And that heat at which that furnace burns that whole, whatever mixture has been put into it, that whole rock and gold and everything mixed up. And that extremely high heat. And when it goes through this, then at some stage in the process, all the dirt and the filth and the rock and the stone and the sand and whatever else, all has fallen some way by the wayside. 
and the pure gold got left on one's head. But it went through this process, this furnace, in order to cleanse it, purify it. Now if that gold decides that I am not going to subject myself to all this, this is too much for me, this is beyond me. So then it will be mixed up somewhere. At the most somebody might keep it as some ornament somewhere, all rock and gold, something mixed up, gold ore, all mixed up somewhere. All it can be is some ornament somewhere, that's it. Hardly anybody is ready to buy it also. So likewise, we have the most valuable gift of Allah Ta'ala, and that is the gift of Iman. Allah Ta'ala wants his Iman to come to him pure, not mixed up in anything. His Iman must come without any mixtures. The worst mixture is shirk. That is the worst mixture. That dilutes it in such a way that there is no Iman left. When shirk is mixed, then it's all gone. And then the lesser form of shirk is riyah. When a person does something for other than Allah Ta'ala, doing it so that he can impress people, so that he can get some worldly benefit out of it, he's doing something dini, some dini amal, but the motive is dunya. Whether that dunya is people's praises, whether that dunya is some monetary gain, but now his deen is being done for dunya. That's a terrible mixture. So Allah Ta'ala doesn't accept this. Then that Iman has to be purified from all the other sand and stone of hasad, of kibr, pride, of je- this jealousy, then of malice, of greed for the dunya, of anger, of all the other various things. Now one is somehow that from that mind that gold just came out without any mixture. Sometimes one whole block just came out. Ashallah, excellent. Nothing further to do. And even that too sometimes can still be enhanced and polished further. But generally it will come out mixed out. When a child grows up, often, 99% of the case is that there are various traits, human traits, that come in almost naturally. Some of these human traits are almost natural. Like for example, anger. Find even children angry. Little child, few years old, and is expressing anger. And the root of anger uncontrolled anger, the root of anger is pride. So this shows that that child has pride also. Because that's a root. So generally this mixture comes away. So circumstances or the environment or what the child is seeing, what he's hearing, or what kind of behavior he's observing around him. All these things affect. And sometimes it just comes in so, this cannot be left as it is because we want to appreciate the full value of this gift and this wealth. So, one is a person puts himself through a process of cleansing, purifying, that mujahada that is required. And sometimes he is shirking in it, Allah Ta'ala puts him through some process. 
this furnace that that gold has to go through, it goes through this process, then it comes out as gold. Once some friends were sitting, and in that process somebody started talking about this example. So they say to one, one of them who was sitting there, said, you see, you know, your example, you need to understand it like this, in that gold to purify it, uh, give the whole example of this furnace and the goal has to go through, etc., etc. So this person who was being addressed, he said, so, well, I'm the goal. He said, no, no, you misunderstood. I'm trying to tell you the furnace. <laughs> <laughs> so sometimes we jump to conclusions quickly that probably we're on the other end of the, on the goal. And meanwhile, we just being, we becoming the furnace and purifying others around. But in the process, burning ourselves around. So in any case, that's just on the side. The point is that these traits that creep in, these need to be rectified, these need to be purified. Allah Ta'ala wants this Iman to come to him pure, not adulterated in any way. No riyah involved in it, no shirk involved in it, no hasad in it, no malice in it. And all the qualities that enhance it, filled in it. That it's filled with sabr, filled with shukr, filled with ikhlas, filled with tawakkul, filled with taqwa. Now generally what happens is, how does this process work? One is a person puts himself in a voluntary mujahada. He puts himself in the voluntary mujahada. How? Now he is walking and suddenly his gaze fell somewhere. Some woman is passing and his gaze fell. So now to turn his gaze away is a mujahada. It's breaking his heart. See, if my heart can break, it'll break for Allah Ta'ala. But I cannot allow the command of Allah Ta'ala to break. Now this is a furnace that is purifying all that dirt within. But he's broken his heart. In that process, he has burnt out so much of the dirt. But if he does not subject himself to that, it's too much for me. I can't handle it. So as a result, he has mixed it up even more. He has made it even more impure. So one is a person undertakes this voluntary mujahada. Now that anger is welling up. All kinds of things are now in his head. What he should, how he should be giving somebody a piece of his mind and how he should be doing this and that and the other. But at that time, he reflected on the hadith of Rasulullah Don't get angry. Don't vent your anger. Now this is welling up within him. And at that time to suppress that anger, it takes a lot within a person. There's mujahada involved. He says, well, whatever it is, I have to do what I am, what I've been commanded to do by Rasulullah so I will suppress this, I will not give vent to it. Now that's a mujahada within him. But that is purifying this iman. That is bringing that glitter and shine in it. The Sahaba Kiram, Allah Ta'ala put them through various halat for our benefit, for us, for our lesson. That how they persevered in those halat how they remained steadfast, no matter what the condition was. But they didn't move one inch. 
and there were some occasions which Allah Ta'ala made it happen that way that we can learn the lesson where somebody just did something which we may even say was just maybe a slight mistake something that was not the best thing to have done not some flag, I mean complete violation Hazrat Kaab bin Malik which is the occasion of Tabuk Nabi Wasallam has given the instruction that everybody now needs to proceed to Tabuk very difficult journey, far off, almost a month's journey, and the severe heat. And at a time when everything is now holding a person back, it's time to harvest the fruit. The dates have just ripened. And that too after a long time when there was drought. Now this is a time to harvest. The beast asked him saying, leave it and now go. And far off journey. By the time you come back, maybe it's too late to harvest it. It's probably all rot. I have no idea. And then, this was a very, very difficult journey facing a very big, heavy odd. But now you must go. Kaab bin Malik, famous incident, he keep hearing it in the Talim. Hilal bin Umayyah, Murara bin Rabi, radiallahu ta'ala anhum. Some little delay happened, okay, tomorrow, we're leaving tomorrow. This was a mistake now. There wasn't any sort of neglect in this sense that I'm not going. No denial, no refusal to go. But this little procrastination, this little delay became too late. And that is unfortunately this procrastination. Many a time, see, I'll start tomorrow. I'll start tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow is like that tomorrow in some shops they have that bought the cash today, credit tomorrow. <laughs> you see that kind tomorrow. So that tomorrow the person will come and see the same board. Cash today, credit tomorrow. Tayamat will come away, that tomorrow won't come. <laughs> so this procrastination is a very bad thing. This leads a person to getting deprived from many things. <coughs> Opportunity is there, person does it. So in any case, this little delay happened. And then, I got a fast horse, I'll catch up tomorrow. And that tomorrow, and by the time it was too late now to leave. And eventually Rasulullah returns. <coughs> so now, what was it? When they went, what kind of battle took place? No battle took place. The enemy didn't even come. And this too is another point to consider. Nabi Sallallahu undertook this whole journey with the Sahaba Ikram. Lengthy journey, very difficult journey. In that heat, at a time when the crops are ready to be harvested. And on that end, the enemy had already become overwhelmed, overawed. And they decided we're not even coming. So Nabi Sallallahu was not Alimul Ghayb. He didn't know what's going to be the outcome when he gets to the battlefield. That this enemy won't even reach. But Allah Ta'ala knew. Allah Ta'ala is all-knowing. So Allah Ta'ala could have revealed this beforehand to Nabi Islam. Salam. Don't take the trouble of going. Why go all the way there? Enemy have already decided they are overawed. They are not going to come. So no need to go. Allah Ta'ala didn't make it known. Because this was part of that enhancing of that Iman. Now they voluntarily going, 
this difficult journey on the order of Nabi Sallallahu So way to way this took the Iman. And now when they got there, there was no battle also. But when they returned, now these three people come and they put their case very, very clearly forward. We had no excuse. There was no valid reason for our non-participation. There was no, nothing that, for example, some battle took place and they were outnumbered, so every person counted and these people didn't come, so as a result it led to some further losses, nothing of the sort. No battle took place. But because this was an instruction at that time that you must also come, now they come and say we had no excuse. From Allah's side, now comes this cleansing. It was a mistake. But they were people of very high caliber. So when that gold is of that grain, then it's that shine and glitter is brought to that level also. So what is the consequence now? That everybody is required to now completely isolate them, boycott them. Can we imagine to what extent this boycott was? Kaab bin Malik is giving the whole description in detail that even Nabi Wasallam wouldn't reply to his salam verbally. Now what greater qiyamat could have been for them? Nabi Wasallam is not talking to them. He's not replying to their salam verbally. Just, sometimes you can see the lips moving. So he's making the reply but not in a way that's audible to them. This was the biggest qiyamah that could have come on them. And for how long? One day, two days, five days? Fifty days. This could have been like fifty years for them. And nobody is prepared to talk anything to them. His cousin who says was the closest person to me. And I come to talk to him, he doesn't imply anything. And when I finally ask him, don't you believe that I love Allah and his Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam? He replies, Allah knows best. Can we imagine what a, what a situation? And what it must have done to them? But why? What was the reason that they were put through this? Some little delay. And that too, not a direct refusal to go or anything. It was some mistake now. Tomorrow I'll leave. I'll leave the day after. There was a complete intention to go. But despite that complete intention, because it didn't happen, you'll go through this. Yeah. And for 50 days, and the biggest fear was that if I pass away in this condition, then what? If Nabi Islam leaves the world while I'm in this condition, then what? Allah made it happen. After 50 days passed, then the Tawbah got announced in the Quran Sharif. The three whose matter was delayed. That they, the others, the Munafiqin came, they made some excuse. And we saw some dua for them at the same time. But these three people came and gave the situation exactly as it was. No excuse. Allah said, delay the matter. 50 days suspended. So now when they went through that, can we imagine this accolade? When the matter is now, file is closed and a person has been now rewarded and put onto a pedestal, now you don't look at the past. Now you look at the end result. 
And the end result is that their Tawbah got endorsed in the Quran Sharif. The earth became so constrained upon them despite its vastness. And further Allah Ta'ala says in the end, Allah Ta'ala turned his special rahmat to them so that they may repent. Allah Ta'ala is endorsing this. Allah's rahmat came on them. But the point is that those who went voluntarily, that shone the iman. Those who didn't go voluntarily, they were put through this involuntary. So this becomes the choice. That a person voluntarily puts himself in that line, in that process, that will keep enhancing his iman. And yes, dunya is dunya. Sometimes some halat, some conditions would come. But it all depends on how a person handles that. What is his manner of submitting to Allah Ta'ala in those various different conditions. He submits to Allah Ta'ala with sabr and shukr, then that too enhances him. That too further purifies that iman. And in that a person starts making nashukri, he's got some ni'mat of Allah Ta'ala, now he's becoming proud, he's becoming arrogant. Or there's some difficult conditions came, he's now complaining against Allah Ta'ala. So then everything is gone. So what is required is that in all conditions to submit to Allah Ta'ala alone. Whether it is a condition that is an external condition, whether it is an internal condition, all those various temptations, those desires. And in these various conditions to fulfill what is required of us in terms of our ibadat, in terms of our correct mu'amalat, how the temptation is there to do the deal. Because it's so lucrative. But the, it's clear cut that this has got something haram about in it. So many occasions when the temptation for that is very strong. Time to now distribute inheritance. Or somebody has got that opportunity now because somebody made a, an un-Islamic will. So now because of that un-Islamic will, one party is now going to be benefiting more than what is their exact, their proper Islamic share. So now what becomes the situation? Now that's a temptation. But at that time the person says, whatever is there, that doesn't matter. What is the correct shari'i procedure and what is Allah Ta'ala's hukam that is what will prevail? So now that is a situation. It all depends now how one handles it. One gets one succumbs to that temptation, everything is lost. But one submits to Allah Taala, but that becomes a moment of great progress. So in our mu'amalat, in our mu'asharat, how we deal in our social life, with our parents, with our wives, with our neighbors, with our relatives, and everything has its own, obviously, priority. Yeah, everyone has got their place and rights. As we discussed last week, sometimes person is so concerned about helping the neighbor's wife, but not happy helping his wife. <laughs> that when it comes to helping the neighbor's wife, he's very ready. But his wife will never do anything. And he says, No, the neighbor's got hug also. <laughs> so the neighbor's got hug that he remembered. But his wife has got hug that he forgot. 
That is what the neighbor's haq is fulfilling. He is involved deep down in his nafs. He is being led by the nose. Shaitan and nafs are leading. But the, just the outer appearance of haq and deen and mu'amalat and mu'asharat is there. But deep down behind it is all nafs. So these are all the conditions that come up. And how does a person respond to it? Some response will either take him way above. It's a difficult situation. Something has happened. Somebody did something, whatever. And he responds positively in all that. That takes him miles ahead. And if he responds sometimes negatively, can take him miles behind also. So in his mu'amalat, in his mu'asharat, in his akhlaq, this is the biggest test. This is the biggest test of what makes the inside or breaks it. What akhlaq does a person adopt? And if we look in the lives of the Ahlullah, we look in the lives of all those who have gone way ahead, then everybody has a different speciality. You find somebody excelling in one thing, somebody excelling in another. Like the garden, every flower has its own fragrance, every flower has its own color, its own texture, every flower has its own attraction. And you can't, there's no way you can compare one with the other because each one is unique. You cannot compare one with the other when both are unique. Each one has its own beauty, its own attraction. So you'll find some really sort of ahead in one thing, some ahead in another. But the one thing that you'll find common in everyone is excellent akhlaq. When it comes to ibadat, somebody might be very engrossed in fasting, for example. Not everybody would have that same engrossment in fasting. Some person is every Monday, Thursday, plus every 13, 14, 15th of the month, and sometimes maybe every second day, so Dawudi. That's a special one, one color, that's one fragrance, which this person is now really emanating that fragrance. And then somebody is engrossed in maybe salah. He, somebody, everybody else is making eight rakats tahajjud. He is performing nafil after that, 100 rakats, 200 rakats. There are people like that too. Many may be very rare, but there are people of this nature too, who make 100 rakats in the night. So somebody has that particular color in him, and that fragrance. But not necessarily everybody will be exerting himself so much in salah. It's nafil, after all. And likewise, all the various other amal. You'll find somebody way ahead in a particular amal, not necessarily everybody will be to that level in that amal. But nobody has reached any level of closeness to Allah wa ta'ala, any distinguished level in deen, in the court of Allah ta'ala, without akhlaq. That the person had his ibadat in place, and muamalat in place, and muasharat, and he used to make a lot of nafil salah, and a lot of nafil fast, and a lot of tilawat, and a lot of zikr, and dua, mashallah, everything is excellent in his place. But the person's akhlaq was bad, and he still became a very big, pious person. Never happened. Never ever happened. In the Hadith Sharif, Nabi Sallallahu it is mentioned that he is told about one woman, very pious, meaning 
excessively engage in extra ibadah. She keeps a lot of fast, a lot of nafil salah, etc. But she is very, her conduct with her neighbors is very poor. She keeps giving taklif to them. Nabi Islam says, here in Naar. She's in Jahannam. Another woman, she just, she is mentioned. She just is fulfilling all the basics, little bit more, some extra. So she's not somebody who is excelling in ibadat, in nafil, fasting every second day, or making tilawat the whole night, tahajjud the whole night. She's not of that caliber. But she doesn't give any taklif to anybody. She doesn't give any taklif. Taklif, taklif, we just normally just say taklif. One mind, you know, mind, the thought comes taklif is maybe, you know, you know, to really give somebody a tight slap, that's taklif. <laughs> Take somebody's money away, that's taklif. That is taklif, but there's emotional taklif. There's emotional taklif, how we talk to somebody. And more often than not, those within the four walls of our own home. How we deal with them, how we treat them, what kind of compassion and kindness we show to them. One person, now his wife is complaining that this husband of mine knows that I'm very, very edgy in the car. Whatever, sometimes some experience in a person's life, maybe there might have been an accident or something, now the person is always very edgy. So now he, since he knows I'm edgy, any, any slight out of the norm movement and I'll become very excited. So every now and then he'll just jerk the car, just <laughs> shake it in a way where now he'll create that. Now he's getting some excitement out of this. He's getting some kind of fun out of it. But what kind of fun can this be? Fun in a manner that gives somebody taklif? This is something that is sadistic. That fun out of somebody else's difficulty? Where is that a deenun nasiha? When Nabi Islam says, deen, deen is only well wishing. Without well wishing, it's as if there's no deen. So, well wishing is to wish well for everyone. And wishing well for everyone is to wish that everybody is in comfort, everybody is in peace, everybody is happy, everybody is at ease. So now when a person is deliberately giving taklif to others, where is his well-wishing? Where did you, how can these two things mix? It's either one or the other. The manner in which this is constructed, it gives that, that there is no deen without nasiha. So this is that, that in all these conditions, all these situations, whatever it may be, how does a person put himself in, how does he respond to the situations, what does he do, how does he conduct himself, this will purify that iman, step for step. There are situations that will come, some mujahada will be made, there will be sometimes some lows and some highs, there will be some difficulties and some prosperities, there will be all kinds, dunya is dunya. But in every condition a person is being tested. And how he responds to that test will either purify that iman, will bring that glitter and shine in it, Oh, it will start declining. And Allah Ta'ala will only accept what is pure. So provided we keep making the effort. Yes, we are insan, we are human beings. Allah Ta'ala has kept the door of Toba open. 
that you slipped up, you made a mistake, the door of Tawbah is open. But don't take advantage of it that it's open, so carry on. Because you don't know when you will be gone before you can enter through that door. So don't delay entry into that door of Tawbah. The door is open, but step in immediately. Allah Ta'ala has kept the door open for us. Turn to Allah wa Ta'ala, cry to Him, ask for forgiveness, repent over the sins. Allah Ta'ala is most forgiving, most merciful, ready to take that banda of His. And if a person continues making the effort to purify this Iman from all the things that have mixed up in it, and suddenly the time came now to leave, but the effort was ongoing. In that last moment, Allah Ta'ala, out of His mercy and kindness, will purify with His hukam. And take him with Kamil Iman. This is Allah Ta'ala's grace. In the Hadith Sharif, it comes, a person is doing hymns of the Quran Sharif. And in the process, passed away. He didn't complete it. Allah Ta'ala will raise him as a Hafiz on the day of Tehama. He was going on. He didn't abandon it. He didn't close it up now. Enough. He was going on. Even he was learning one ayat of the Quran Sharif a day. But because that effort was ongoing, he was on the road. If he was on the road and the time came, in that last moment, Allah Ta'ala will take him to the destination. So our job is to keep on the road. We are human beings, we are weak, we sometimes slip off, whatever. But to keep on the road, make Toba and get back out of the deviation, out of the ditch that we fell in, we make Toba and come back on the road. And we carry on on the road. And as long as we keep carrying on on the road, inshallah, the day will come when we have to leave this dunya. In one moment, Allah Ta'ala will take us to the destination. Allah Ta'ala grant me and all of us a topic. وآخر دعوانا عن الحمد لله رب العالمين
ولتلامذتنا ولتلامذيهم ولجميع المؤمنين والمؤمنات والمسلمين والمسلمات الاحياء منهم والاموات انك سميع قريب مجيب الدعوات اله العالمين يا الله ومسمسف الله most gracious most kind most loving allah ilahu alamin ya allah indeed we are your most sinful servants ya allah ya allah we acknowledging all our sins ya allah ilahu alamin we can hide nothing from you ya allah ya allah you know what we have done ya allah you know where our eyes have looked at ya allah ya allah you know what our ears have listened to ya allah you know what our tongues have spoken ya allah ya allah you know what our hands and feet have done ya allah ya allah you know what has crossed our hearts and minds ya allah ilahu alamin how can we ever hide anything from you ya allah Ilahul Alamin, you have been so merciful, Ya Allah. You have been so tolerant, so kind, so clement, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you could have immediately taken us to task, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you could have brought your azab in that very second that we were involved in wrong, Ya Allah. But Ya Allah, you, ya Allah showed so much of mercy and kindness to us, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, we are begging you for your forgiveness, Ya Allah. Out of your mercy and kindness, show it on your makhfirat on us, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, forgive every sin, Ya Allah. Every major and minor sin, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, forgive the sins of the day and the sins of the night, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, forgive the sins that we did deliberately and that we did mistakenly, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, forgive our families, Ya Allah. Forgive our relatives, Ya Allah. Forgive our friends and neighbors, Ya Allah. Forgive the entire ummah of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ilahul Alamin, shower down your makhfirat on the ummah, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, remove the suffering of the ummah, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, remove the hardships and difficulties of the ummah, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, we're acknowledging all this is due to our amal, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you forgive us, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, grant us the tawfiq of those amal that bring down your rahmat, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, save us from those amal that bring down your adab, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, Ya Allah, make us yours, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you become ours, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, make us yours, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, we want to become yours, Ya Allah. For too long we have been in the slavery of nafs and shaitan, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, all that we gained out of it was destruction, Ya Allah. All that we gained out of it, Ya Allah, was restlessness, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, there was never any peace in it, Ya Allah. There can never be peace in it, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, Ya Allah, we want to become yours, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you make us yours, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you make us your obedient servants, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you make us your true lovers, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, Ya Allah, enable us to fulfill every action, Ya Allah, with love and ishq and muhabbat, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, Ya Allah, save us from all the fitna and fasad, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, don't leave us to ourselves for the blink of an eye, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, we are too weak, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, if we are left to ourselves, we'll get destroyed, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, you protect us and safeguard us, Ya Allah. And look after us like the little baby. Babies looked after Ya Allah. Allahumma waqiyatan kawaqiyatil waleed. Allahumma waqiyatan kawaqiyatil waleed. Allahumma waqiyatan kawaqiyatil waleed. Ilahul Alamin, guide us, protect us, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, at every step and every breath, Ya Allah, you protect us and safeguard us, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, Ya Allah, all those who are sick, give them shifai kamila, ajila, mustadirra, daima. Allah, remove every trace of the illness, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, Ya Allah, all those who are in hospitals, Ya Allah, you make the complete shifai, Ya Allah. And bring them back home, Ya Allah. All those are in any kind of difficulties and hardships, remove their difficulties, Ya Allah. Those are in any kind of sorrow, grief, worry, depression, anxiety, Ya Allah, you remove it with afiyat, Ya Allah. Allah, give sukoon and itminan to one and all, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, all those who are in any kind of difficulties, financial difficulties, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, remove their financial difficulties, Ya Allah. Allah, those who are in death, Ya Allah, make the easy payments of their death possible, Ya Allah. Allah, grant halal and tayyib risk to one and all, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, all those who have passed away, fill their khabar with noor, Ya Allah. Make their complete maghfirat, Ya Allah. Allah, grant the high stages of the akhirat, Ya Allah. Allah, the time of our death, take us with the kalimah, La ilaha 